Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing, we just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. All right, y'all. Welcome to Morning Walk and Photo Talk with the Artist Forge. I am out and moving this morning. The sky is like a really dark periwinkle and there's just some hints, beginning hints of magenta in the clouds on the horizon. So when the sun eventually does come up, it should be very pretty. So I got that going for me this morning. I'm glad you are here with us today as artists all across the country getting together, talking about the things that drive us forward, not just in our careers, but as people, as artists and the way we think and the things that we do. And today we're going to begin a short series for the rest of the week talking about social media. There are just a lot of things to break down in that conversation from how we choose which platforms to use, how do we post, how often do we post, what do we post, where do we post it, do we boost it, do we do advertising, um, and the algorithms, oh God, the algorithms, how do we approach paying attention and uh, using these platforms, and also, how do we measure success? Because it's very easy to look at somebody who has 100,000 followers and think, well, they have made it. But of course, there's other questions involved too, like how engaged are their followers? Is there click-through when they're trying to do something like run an advertising campaign or you know, get out messaging? Um, what kind of response do you need from people on social media, how can you make sure that you get it? There's just a big complex ball of issues there to untangle and unravel. And Matt shared a post in the Facebook group yesterday, just asking folks, hey, what do you think? How do you approach this? And so we thought this would be a really great opportunity to institute a new tactic that we're gonna try so that we can make sure that we really get as much out of each topic as we can. And it can be really easy for us just to go like, hey, today here's the topic of conversation. But instead what we're gonna do is start taking the broad approach and then slowly drilling down and looking at things like, first, if we're to look at a topic broadly, what does that look like? Second, if we are to look at the topic from the perspective of what is my own personal engagement like? And by that, I mean, is there a certain mindset that is healthy or useful to have in this situation? How do I approach this from a personal, emotional, psychological perspective? And then what are the practical applications of the thing that we're talking about? And how can we do the things that result in the results that we want? That was a little bit of a convoluted way to say that. But if you're still here with me, <laughs> I think you understood. And then finally, just being able to get down to 
the minutia and wrap everything up at the end of the week. So hopefully that will help us actually get the most out of each subject that we talk about and be able to walk away not only with a good stance for where we need to be psychologically and emotionally, et cetera, but also for the practical applications of the things that we're talking about so we can institute those things in the coming weeks. So I do want to have a little segue though, because this is something I don't want to forget to talk to you all about. And it does apply to the conversation today. I'm reading the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. I know I've mentioned this a couple times. And I happened to read a part last night that not only I thought was applicable today, but also is just applicable in general. As artists, I know we can often feel like we are trudging along, trying to make progress either personally or in our skill sets, emotionally, um, psychologically, getting over our issues, all those kinds of things. And oftentimes it can feel like we're not getting anywhere when in fact what we're doing is actually building up a foundation under ourselves so that once we reach the line where that progress becomes visible, it kind of skyrockets. And there's a couple of ways that the author explained how this works. If you're the kind of person who can picture this one, it might help. If not, I have one more example. So imagine a graph and on the bottom is time and on the top is progress toward your goal. We expect for some reason that our growth should be linear. So it should be starting in the corner and then turning up at about 45 degrees toward the other side in a predictable line, right? That that is what our growth should look like. When in fact, our growth is actually much more like an exponential curve. So it stays very close to the bottom for a long time. And then all of a sudden, as we're starting to get towards the end, it just skyrockets into the air. And if you have ever tried to build something like a YouTube channel or really um, build your Instagram to the point where people are just following without like all of the hard leg work from you, you'll recognize this. I've talked to a lot of people who have seen this happen and they said, you know, I would nothing for three years. I'm making content. I'm engaging with my community. I'm doing all of this stuff. I'm barely getting any followers. I'm slowly like creeping up a little bit at a time. And then all of a sudden, once I hit the 5,000 follower mark, my subscribers just skyrocketed and, and, you know, all of these things happened. So it seems to be a really common story that that's the experience that people have as they're trying to grow, not only in social media, but in their skill sets, in their reputation, etc. And then the other example, just in case the first one isn't the kind of thing you can visualize, the other example is imagine that you have an ice cube that you want to melt. You start heating that ice cube. It goes from 25 degrees all the way up to 31 degrees. And you're like, man, I've heated it up so much. Why isn't it melting yet? And all of a sudden, once you hit 32 degrees, the melting begins. And it's not that that progress didn't matter. You still have to go from 25 all the way up to 32 degrees before anything can happen. But the difference, that one degree difference between 31 and 32 is where the progress starts to become visible. It was all made before that, but it wasn't visible yet. So in a way, you're storing all of this progress 
to the point where it becomes visible. And I bring that up at the very beginning because number one, I didn't want to forget it. Um, and number two, because I think that's going to be applicable in our conversations about social media, because this is not, this is not a sprint, right? Anytime that we're trying to use a platform for personal gain or to build community or to be able to, you know, reach many followers with information about our business, um, it's going to be a long-term game. We're going to have to put in a lot of work beforehand and it can very much feel like you're not getting anywhere when in fact you are. There's a labyrinth reference for those of you who know. Um, so just keep that in mind as we have these conversations for the rest of this week that no, you are not going to see your followers skyrocket in a couple days. You're not going to see subscribers shoot through the roof. Um, it's going to take laying the groundwork and building some of those foundations before we start to see all of the good things that come from that. All right. So getting into the meat of the conversation for today, social media, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do about it? So today is just going to be the, the broader overview on approach. So what is this stuff good for and how should we kind of center ourselves to approach social media? Because there are a lot of different ways that we can approach this system from a spray and pray perspective, from a let me test out this thing one at a time and see which platform works, to a, what's my philosophy here? How do I want to approach and choose? How do I even know where people are at? So I know that we have a lot of folks here in our clubhouse that are amazing at social media. Um, and so we want to make sure we're able to bring everybody up. But of course, I want to begin by chatting with the mods this morning. Of course, I need to make you mods. Y'all can slap me. But uh, hey, when, let me start. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you if you wanted to start. Yeah, I was going to jump in and try to give a little bit more context to the post that I put in the Facebook forum. And it really came from the standpoint, I've been doing something online since 1998 or thereabouts. I'm extraordinarily familiar with building websites, doing marketing, running social media for clients as well as myself, all the tools that are out there, all the management tools that are out there. I'm very, very well versed in it. However, I'm also, because of that, paralyzed at doing it myself. I have an absolute galactic-sized loathing for what social media is and the necessity of it in our businesses. I cannot stand it. I really hate the fact that it's something that we have to do because I don't believe in how it treats people. I think it, it, it turns us into things that we're not, inauthentic beings. So that all being said, I know it's necessary for me to be able to use social media effectively to promote my business, to gain followers, to gain clients, to gain notoriety, all of those things, right? So when I approach social media, I want to do it in the most efficient way possible. I am not a big spray and pray type of guy. I want to be able to do things in a way that is methodical, that has a certain workflow, that has generally predictable results, not necessarily guaranteed results. I mean, this is kind of the stock market, right? So 
what I want to do is find the the techniques that best work for my business. For photography is going to be certainly different than a brick mason and what they do online. So I know that with us being a visual medium, I'm trying to find the best techniques that people have used to help them grow. I am not looking for someone that does overnight success. I'm not looking for a guru. I'm just trying to hear anecdotal stories from what people have done so that I can take some of those tips and see if I can work it into my workflow. My approach to social media is going to be different than Kat's or Becca's or Erica's, and that's perfectly okay. I'm just trying to figure out what works for other people. So if that is very tangible, uh, I do three stories a day and one post and two reels and a blog post. Like That's the kind of tangible, strategic stuff that I'm trying to understand how people are doing it. There is no one perfect way. So I'm just trying to get all the data that I can and craft it into my strategy. So that was the, 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 the point of the post. And Becca had a great point, which was, you know, the past couple of years have changed behaviors of how people use social media, how they're engaging online, who they're engaging with, how often, all of those things, because we're now more connected to our screens than ever. So if I can understand a little bit more of that, then maybe that will dictate my strategy as well. So that was the intent behind the post. I hope that gives some context and I can't wait to hear what people have to say. No guru for you. <laughs> um, I'm really glad that you clarified Matt um, uh, and glad that we were on the same page there because I was gonna snatch you up right away. And also I'm glad that you mentioned the fact that you have loathing i mean that's a that's a strong word but i feel you there like serious distaste for social media and i absolutely can identify i love the fact that social media allows us to get together with very little effort but i also hate the fact that social media has been built to turn us into little profit machines um <laughs> for not us right i mean we can of course take advantage of it for profit but it just kind of stinks that the way that it turns out is that we are the profit. Um, our attention, our time, our eyeballs, our ad spend, all that kind of stuff turns out to be the profit. So that part of it definitely kind of blows. And it, it does alter the way that we engage with one another and the way that we feel about those engagements. So I think that that's also something worth talking about, you know? Well, you know, I, I look at it like a friendship. Right. And that's generally why social media was created. Right. If you remember Tom on MySpace, he just wanted to be your friend. So <laughs> I think when we look at it in the terms of daily human interaction, my friends that I've known for my entire life or my college friends or my photography friends, if I don't talk to them for six months or eight months, no big deal. You have a conversation when you do get a chance to catch up and everything's in lockstep. You didn't miss a moment. However, we feel this need to constantly be barraging our friends with, here's what I'm doing now. Look at me. I'm now making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And now I'm out with the dog. And now I'm doing my business stuff. If I stood on the corner of a street and just shouted stuff into the air, people would think I was a crazy person. But we've been conditioned to believe that this is what we need to do. So... 
I'm struggling with that in terms of not annoying people, but also promoting myself enough to get the business going. So it's just, it's a very interesting relationship between what we, what we provide online versus how we interact with people on a normal day-to-day human interaction standpoint. So mm. uh, that's where I struggle. And I haven't crossed the bridge between separating the two out, right? I still consider them very much the same thing. And that's, I think, a, a stumbling block that I hit. For sure. And I think that that's why it's, it's so great, you know, to get your thoughts there and potentially begin with, is there a way that we can mentally reframe this? I mean, um, you know, when it comes to marketing, that's something I have to force myself to do because like you, it always feels like pushing yourself on people. It feels like pimping yourself, which I really have heavy distaste for. Um, but if I can reframe that, if I can look at, you know, what is a way that I can look at this that is still accurate to the experience and the results, but does not make me feel so gross and slimy, um, what would that be? And for marketing, of course, the idea is that if I really believe that what I'm giving to people is something that will add value to their life, I should be able to, number one, be excited about it, but number two, look at it as the opportunity to improve somebody's life, um, to give them the chance to add this thing to their life that's gonna make it better. And um, Megan DiPiero has mentioned a few times the fact that the way that it works, we can often feel like what we're doing is shouting at the same people over and over again. But often, many of us will have enough friends or enough followers or subscribers or whatever, where many of them won't see what we share, even the first couple of times. So that's something we're thinking about too. But I think the the main question is, is there any way that we can potentially reframe this issue? Because I know you're not the only one that has it. I have it as well. I don't love it. I have to force myself to do the things. And anytime I'm engaged with something I like, I will ignore social media completely, which obviously doesn't, (laughs) it's not going to be very helpful for me. So um, how can we reframe this mentally? So that it's not such a drag, or is that even possible? Is it just in the nature of the platform to not be something we're going to be able to like using? Um, I mean, those are pretty important questions to begin with, you know? Oh, and, and that's why I wanted to bring the topic up, right? I thought it was something that might help a lot of people just think about it a little bit differently. And I know that Kat and Becca both have amazing followings and, you know, Kat especially, I look at your stuff and I'm just astounded at not only how authentic and engaging it is, but the sheer volume of content that you create. And it's impressive to me. And I know it's a lot of hard work, but I'd love to hear you talk about not only your little bit of the philosophy, but also how you approach it on a daily basis, time management, you know, when to put things out and so on and so forth. And I know you've talked about it before, but it, it bears repeating. I think it depends on the context of what it is that, that you're sharing. Um, you know, like I just kicked off the launch for season two of 40 over 40. So just about everything that's going out right now has something to do with, you know, enticement for that project. Um, but, you know, and I think I've talked about this before, like it got to a point when I brought on the associates, I was like, this account needs to not be named after me. Uh, and so I created a personal account. So a lot of like my stories and my sharing are really just like, 
this morning, I think I, I spent like 20 minutes on puppies doing things like, and just shared a couple reels from that because it just made me laugh for, you know, 20 minutes. Uh, but as far as like from the business side perspective of sharing, you know, Gap doesn't care about whether or not I feel like they're blasting me. So if I'm following the Gap, like their stories and their posts are going to be based around what it is that they want to sell me. Because I'm a small business, I like to include a lot less of like the corporate slam, but the behind the scenes especially engages really well. Um, but also like interesting things that I find out and about on my day, you know, and that might be a bunch of mirrors I came across on a wall or, you know, just something that's aesthetically pleasing. Um, and that's kind of how I gear those things. And with the mentoring page, it's primarily about, you know, like, do I have something to say that could be of value to you? And if yes, then that becomes a post. Um, but that it's interesting because the engagement on the mentoring page, like I think I maybe have like under a thousand followers, but the engagement is really good. And I only post like when something comes to mind, it's not something I plan out, but for the studio page that has like 5,000 followers, my engagement's a lot less since I have been posting more, but my followers and my direct messages have like gone through the roof. So I'm just staying on that and trying to engage. Like if somebody comments on, on one of my posts, I go back and I comment on theirs to help build their engagement. Um, but as far as time management, like forget it. Like it's always. So I get up and I spend about an hour, hour and a half every morning, like creating that volume, right? Uh, but then throughout the day, like I'm picking up other video here and stills here and, you know, like, okay. And sort of thinking about planning for posts in the future. And I think one of the things that you said there, that's really, really important is when someone comments on your stuff, you go to their posts and comment as well. And I am so guilty of not doing that. And it's not other than, you know, I don't want to go build their page. I just, I just don't think about it. It just doesn't occur to me, <laughs> you know, and I feel like a piece of shit for not doing that. Um, but I think it's, it's such a great technique for that back and forth, um, collaboration, you know, rising tide and so on and so forth. Um, I think that's a, that's a great technique and I didn't even think about that little nugget. So thank you. Yeah. It was actually something that G shared a couple years ago when he took over the, the TPM and was building his, cause his social skyrocketed. He went from like 2,000 followers to like 12,000 followers over the course of like four months or just something insane. And uh, I was thinking about it the other day and I was like, oh yeah, go engage with the people who engage with you. Because then that it, it's not only about building their page, like, okay, it helps their algorithm, but it helps yours too, because the other people that see theirs see your name in those comments. They're like, oh, I've seen that name before. What is that? Oh yeah, I saw that on something else. And you know, it just sort of compounding interest goes. Yeah, th this is a really super great point. I just want to say really quickly, um, Ariel and Julia, I see you guys down there. We will grab you in just a little bit. So hang in there because I know you have amazing things to share. Um, and I, I find it really interesting, you know, with this conversation that, <laughs> Kat, you said like time management, pfft, 
Like it's just always right. And I think that that goes back to the initial part of this conversation, which is a really important question to ask ourselves is when we're doing any kind of marketing, which being on social media is just being on it is marketing. Um, Keep in mind, marketing is the broad umbrella that describes the things that we do to engage with people. That is all the client facing stuff, right? All the things that people see that they will then relate back to you and your brand. Advertising is when you pay for placement of those things. So when you're doing any kind of marketing, you have to make some decisions. You're either going to spend money or time or both. And so how do you make the choice of where to be and how to do? Um, Because Instagram could very easily take up your whole day. And if you become very successful on Instagram, that success doesn't, doesn't just stay there and then coast off into the future where you ride into the sunset on your 100,000 followers and you don't have to do anything anymore, right? It's not like you hit a benchmark and all of a sudden everything's golden. If you want to maintain that trajectory, you have to maintain the involvement. And that is true for any, any place that we're at, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you are. Um, so how do we choose? And, and that's why I asked that philosophy question, Matt, because I'm curious, like, if we have to choose to be engaged somewhere to the point where it is taking chunks of time out of our day, we probably should be considering that advertising time and re- or marketing time and removing that from our, I mean, that, that costs us, right? Whatever we would be making an hour when we spend it there, we should be considering that because that is going to tell us what our cost per conversion is. So if it takes me five hours per day on Instagram, I'm getting two turnovers and two people book, I may not actually be making my return on investment back. So where am I going to spend my day and what is actually going to be worthwhile? Because as we were talking about before, um, this is another really important thing to consider. We have the goal and then we have the system that helps us get the goal. The goal only exists for a few seconds of our life, but the system is how we live day to day. And I may not want to live the Instagram life, right? I'm just using this as this is an example, but doing Instagram every single day may make me just hate my life. On the other hand, maybe doing Snapchat or TikTok or whatever, I really can get down with that. And so maybe it's then a better idea for me to take some of those things into consideration and build a system where I can love the day-to-day usage because I'm going to be spending a shit ton of time there um, or potentially farming it out to somebody else. So that's kind of a, a thing I'm really curious to see what you all think about. Is it just one of those things where we try stuff until we get success somewhere and then we just have to teach ourselves to do it, whether we like it or not? Or is it a good idea to build a system for something that we might actually enjoy. Um, I'm conflicted about those things. So Matt, do you think that that's an important thing to consider with the question that you're asking? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I was living that, that life of always being on, always engaging, always posting. And I got burned out and just flat out got burned out on it. 
So what I did was I got a system, um, later.com, a lot of people use it. There's a million other management softwares out there, but I did not want to be spending hour upon hour upon hour every day creating content, figuring out when to post, you know, so I looked at the analytics and I said, okay, my best times to post are 7 a.m., 2 p.m., 9 p.m. And so I use later to schedule posts. Now, admittedly, I have kind of slacked off of that in the past month because of my aforementioned loathing of social media in general. Um, but really, having a management software like that where you can spend a Sunday afternoon, spend a couple of hours, program all of your posts, and then not think about it during the week creates that space, creates the efficiency for you to spend those extra hours doing something that does benefit you, that does make you feel a little bit better. And so I'm a big proponent of coming up with systems like that. Now, that's not to say that you can't interrupt the flow and put your own stuff in there, a new story or a new post, whatever. But if you want to maintain any level of growth over time, it's got to be consistent. And inconsistency will kill that. If you're doing one here, one there, you just won't see the return on it, which is why Kat has developed such an incredible following is because of her consistency over and over and over. Whereas mine stays stagnant and plateaus because I'm only doing things in spikes. They're like the, the dopamine hits every now and again. You get a big spike and then it goes away. So for me, it's developing consistency. So the more tools that I can use, the more processes that I can implement so that I'm doing intense burst of concentrated effort to get my stuff programmed, I can then step back and then only engage with the comments. I don't have to think about captions. I don't think it, I have to think about you know the 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 cohesion in the aesthetic of my feed. I can just program it and then engage afterwards. So that's been generally my approach. But yeah, it's for me. It's a the the pendulum goes too far one way or the other. I'm either totally engaged and working all the time, or I'm not engaged at all and I'm sitting on a desert island somewhere. I think it's also important, you know, Nicole, you brought up a couple of points there. One was you're either going to be spending time or money or both. Uh, and when we look at things like social media, it's that necessary evil, right? Like we're in a visual business. So we need those, we need to be able to leverage those marketing platforms that have as little monetary investment required, right? As we're building business. Um, versus like throwing money at Google ads or Facebook ads or getting into that space before we're ready. Um, but there's also that saying too, like if you have time, you probably don't have money. And if you have money, you don't have time. So which is it? Where do you want to leverage either of those, those tools? Um, and then the second piece is also like, where do you want to put that energy, whether it's time or money or both, you know, like if Instagram is just a soul sucker for you, then that's probably not going to be your space. For me, I actually can generate a lot of bounce on Facebook, but because my, my following on Facebook is literally like a 50, 50 split between personal real life connection, family, friends, and then professional, like people who are following me because of whatever, um, versus, you know, people that I'm actually close to, I'm very, very specific about 
what I share and where on Facebook, because I know that that bottom dollar is going to come from Facebook. So I'm not trying to blast people. Uh, whereas on Instagram, like that, that studio account really is like where that blast happens because the children of the people that I'm connected with on Facebook are on Instagram and they're going to be where my dollars are coming from for the next 10 years. So I want to make sure that I have a strong presence on Instagram as they grow into working with me. Uh, whereas on Facebook, I'm going to share stuff, but it's going to be a 50, 50 split between personal and professional. Yeah. Those are some good insights. And I would be really curious to hear, um, with your presence on Instagram, is that something that happened organically? You went, Ooh, I can get success here. Double down, really pay attention, be purposeful. Um, or is that something you just really enjoyed Instagram? And so the engagement and everything became like a natural part of your enjoyment of the way that platform works. Um, I enjoyed Instagram when it, when it came out, uh, you know, back in the days of prodigy and AOL. Um, but you know, I sat at like 3000 followers for like a hundred years. Uh, and it was just something I did out of a necessary evil, but there was no really defined purpose for it. It hasn't been until the last few months that I've been like, you know what? If I'm going to continue putting effort into this platform, then I need to make it successful. When you start looking at things like sponsorships and ambassador opportunities, that kind of thing, um, which are like a little closer now than they were a couple of years ago, there are bonus structures based on your social media following. And they're, you know, those bonus structures are in addition to any baseline contract. So my job now is to be really intentional about building that engagement and building that, that following so that when the time comes for, you know, pen coming to paper, I want to be able to leverage that for additional revenue for the business. Right. Really good stuff. So for you, it just has become a normal part of the things that you do. And it's not something you pick up and go, God, I got to fucking do this thing. Cause that is how I feel. <laughs> Matt, I don't know if that's how you feel, but I'm picking up and I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't want to. And I'm sure that that translates to people. Like, I'm sure that they see me show up and disappear again and be like, well, she doesn't really care <laughs> to be here. I mean, I will engage with anybody who comments on my stuff. Um, but that's why Clubhouse has been an everyday thing for me. I get to engage with people directly and personally and nobody else is profiting off of it, right? So... Um, I'm really, I'm really curious about that, you know, how you, how you flip that mindset so that you are not looking at it like you hate the thing, or if it's just a natural thing for you that you didn't have to go through at all. Well, I, I so, oh, sorry, Matt. Oh, Kat, I was actually going to give you props because I think it's something that you say all the time is what's your intention? What's your intention of using the platform that you're on? Right? So I was a CEO, COO of a company, an online magazine a couple of years back. And we did a lot of analytics. We did a lot of um, engagement metrics and performance indicators so that we could leverage that. We could leverage our reach and work for sponsors. And we were bringing in a couple hundred thousand dollars in sponsorships a year. And it was great because we could show 
directly on paper what our reach was doing for other brands and for the platform in general. And we did this across Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And so doing that, what Kat was just talking about, really settles into what's your intention? Why do you want to use the platform? Is it just to grow people and get notoriety from clients so that there's, you know, um, people coming through the door? Is it endorsements? Is it that you want to be the star of your brand and you want something for yourself to grow beyond what it is that your art is and you want to be the center of that? That's perfectly fine. Every one of those is a valid way to approach social media. It's just what's your intention with it? So that you're not just slinging stuff at a wall thinking, you know, I have to do this out of obligation. Make sure that everything is intentional. I'm sorry, Kat, go right ahead. No, I'm a big fan of intention. But also understanding, you know, like there's a couple things. One, profit's not a dirty word. Now, do I understand that in social media that I am the product that's being sold as I'm selling other things? Of course I do totally get it. And I get to determine when I draw the line on that too, which is where that like, okay, I'm not engaging with Instagram today. I'm turning my phone off. I'm going out into the woods and I'm just chilling the fuck out. But I also understand that when I'm looking at my intention of what I want the future to look like, I know that social media primarily outside of being a product that is being sold to other, other people, uh, I also understand that that brand awareness does convert to an ROI, whether that's through bookings or otherwise. Um, but when I have the intention of looking at things over the next three years and going, okay, I want to be able to leverage all of this work and this time and this energy so that I can set the stage for that future growth beyond just bookings with local clients, that I'm looking at the bigger picture of where I want my business to go. And that allows me to stay. Sorry, I was getting a call. Um, but that allows me to step out of the space of it being this like, oh my God, trudging. I just want to shoot myself in the face into, okay, there's a long game I'm playing here. And that brand awareness is good for that immediate audience, right? But then that audience is going to grow as your business grows. And that turns into those endorsements and those things down the line. So how, how can you set the stage now to be able to take advantage of those opportunities when they're presented to you? And that's how I look at social media. For sure. Okay. So much good stuff already, y'all. I want to make sure that we grab... Um, Let's see, we're going to grab Ariel. Juliet, we lost you. Oh, no. Um, if you still wanted to come up, please re-raise your hand, and I will grab you. Um, we're grabbing Ari and DC, grabbing you as well. I hope everybody is popping up. There we go. And Juliet, if you want, if you still have something you want to share, we'd love to grab you up here. Um, so let's hear from Ari. What are your thoughts on this whole social media conundrum? Hey, I will pre-apologize. Today's election day. I have two little boys running around. One just, for some reason, walked in the room naked. I don't know why. Three-year-old. But um, hopefully I'll be able to get through what I want to say. You know, it's not often I get to, um, you know, come up and talk about, you know, something that 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 is uh, that I can add, add value to. So I, I really want to try and get out of a couple of things. I see you there, buddy. Give me two minutes, okay? Um, 
you know, a couple of things I wanted to mention, you know, you know, first of all, each of the platforms that you mentioned, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, they all have um, lots in common, but what they have that's very different are different algorithms. And I just want to try and like stress from my experience and from what I've learned over the last several months on Clubhouse, um, you know, doing a lot of work and listening to a lot of people talk about this subject in different contexts is that it's just crucial to have, um, you know, a guru in your corner who understands how each one of the algorithms works. Because if you do the same types of things on each of the platforms, you're not going to get the same results because the algorithms work differently. And so just as an example, you know, Nicole, or I think Matt, you both talked about how you'll show up, um, you know, for a little bit and then disappear and what have you, you know, that's not a function. Your, your, your results from that is not a function of how your, your followers um, are reacting. Your followers may be really excited. Oh, I'm thrilled just to get anything from them. Um, you know, I, I value when they, when they speak, but they just might not see it because of how the algorithm treats you. And so what I, what I've heard a lot about in terms of um, a couple of people on, um, on Clubhouse that I've spent a lot of time with learning about this is just how important it is. And I'll just use a small example, like on Instagram, the hashtags are very important, very, very important to teaching the algorithm what you're interested in. And the interaction metrics are also very important, whereas that might not be as important on something like Facebook or what have you. And so um, it sort of leads to the next point I wanted to make, which is that, you know, look, you're, you're all creative creators and it makes perfect sense that you're not going to get, I mean, I'll use my, the language that I'm used to, the dopamine hit um, or the excitement of doing something like this because it's not the create, it's not the type of creativity that you're accustomed to or that gets you going. And so, you know, there's been a little bit of talk about, um, I'm not sure who said it. I didn't see, but you know, if you have the money, then you don't have the followers and vice versa. It costs a very, very, very small amount of money to outsource some of the basic parts of this that can really help you. And when I say a small amount of money, I mean like the cost of a latte a week. Um, and you know, the the site that I'm, I I recommend the most is Upwork, and there are people that will um, help you be consistent with the, you know, as pertains to that particular algorithm that you're targeting to, you know, like the, just as an example, and again, I don't know this to be the, I'm just using it as an example, but to, you know, like the, like the comments, write a, a small response, write a small response on somebody else's page, what have you. And, you know, I would treat that as a marketing expense, but really it's so important i think people especially solopreneurs that and that's more of my ballywick not necessarily photography so don't recognize how cheap it is and you're not providing a slave labor you're providing a um i mean the 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 people that do this impact in uh in the philippines and what have you are tremendously you know the cost of living there is 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 very very low and they're very well paid um just by by the work that they get on companies like Upwork. Um, you know, one analogy I'll give from my background as an investor is that when I would go to a biotech company that had the cure for cancer, 
and then the guy who invented the science made himself CEO, um, that would be a company I would never buy because his skill set is science, not in running a company. And your skill sets, you know, the uh, is in the creativity and the creative process and the in the making, you know, making the photography and what have you. Um, not necessarily in the um, you know mastering the algorithms of the different of the different uh, platforms, and so you know I'm not going to um, you know give names here, but certainly there are two people on on Clubhouse that are really really good at this. They do free rooms, um, one every weekday, one three days a week, and then um, and I and I've never paid a penny for any of that just to interact with them and to learn and, and they're very enthusiastic people. Um, if you're interested, send me a back channel or send me an Instagram. I'm happy to provide the information. Um, and, you know, I, I guess I just wanted to say one more thing. I apologize for taking up too much space, but this is something I'm very, fairly passionate about because I've become close to so many creators on Clubhouse that have helped me. Um, and I want them to succeed and I want to see them, you know, blow up their business. And in one example, um, the one of the creators that I'm, I'm closest to and I mod his rooms and, and what have you, not having any qualifications whatsoever other than, you know, just being a, uh, 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 a potential client. Um, you know, in the last four months, he's he's taken his Instagram from 900 followers to 17,000. And it's, it's you know, what you were, the analogy you gave about the graph and the ice cube melting, the, the main point of those, both those examples um, are the momentum and also the fact that just the science of it, right? Like the, the, the ice starts to melt, becomes water. That water contributes to the further melting of the ice because it's a warmer temperature. And finally, finally, I just wanted to give one more resource. Um, I met a, I was on a venture capital webinar um, a few months ago and met a very, very, um, engaging person who who speaks a lot about how to segment your business and this i think is one of the main things that sort of overrides all the different questions with the social media which is you know you need to have um client segmentation you have the people that are engaging with you because they like you the people that are engaging you um but aren't real ready to pull the trigger but you want to keep you know develop them as clients and to think of it as these concentric circles and you're always trying to move people from the outer outer rings to the the inner rings and um yeah again i'm not going to promote him on, on here but if you're interested in in that concept he has a free book that um you can just go to his website and get for shipping i was ready to buy it straight out he's very 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 engaging guy and i really learned a lot from him and so again if, if any of those things are interesting or resonate um, feel free to reach out and i'm happy to uh to uh to pass it on and um i think i hit all my notes i am very complete thanks Ooh, that was some great stuff ari thanks for sharing um and and you're absolutely right i think that's an important thing for us to keep in mind is that it's not necessarily the followers that we have to be concerned about in their responses it's how we're treating the algorithm and if it is getting what it needs from us so that it will treat us the way that we are hoping for and get us in front of the people we want to see. And, um, and you know, you have a very fair point about the fact that for many of us, um, for many of us creators, the business side or the marketing side, 
is just not something that's easy to force ourselves to be actively engaged with in a way that's productive. Um, I found that's why people like Kat are so inspiring and that she has both of those things. I do not. And so it, it certainly becomes a battle for me. And, and your point is very well taken. Um, you know, that, that outsourcing for the parts that feel like drudgery to me um, may be able to give somebody else a very good living. So it's certainly worth, certainly worth thinking about. And y'all, um, please, like you said, feel free to message Ari if, if you're curious about any of the folks that he was talking about. Um, they may be incredible resources for you. So I want to make sure that we get to Derek's thoughts as well. And then um, I'd love to hear from you, Matt, at the end and kind of close things up and how you're feeling about today's conversation and where we should be looking for tomorrow. Derek, please go ahead. Morning, everybody. Um, <clears throat> has any, it, I'm, and I'm not on here every single day, so if you guys have already covered this, apologies. Has anybody um, done, created their own story brand script or anything off the marketing make simple platform? Yeah, actually, Derek, I've been involved with um, Don since pretty much the beginning of StoryBrand. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very well versed in that. So you can probably speak to this pretty well, too. I mean, the because the, I'm I'm starting to adopt it on my own. I've been listening to his podcast for months and started my own story brand scripts. But it's it's been helpful for me to, to it's allowing me to wrap my head around what I'm doing. I mean, I'm a, I, I provide drone services, so it's different from some of the fine art stuff. Um, but at the same time, it's like somebody out there needs something. And it's a really new t technology, so it's not something that everyone's familiar with and what it can do to benefit them so i've been trying to figure out for like the last year and a half like how do i market myself to folks so when i started listening to this a lot of things just made more sense because it just breaks it down into those seven steps of you know it brings a lot of the whys and why it's beneficial to you and not so much putting you at the forefront of it but putting whoever your client is or whoever your potential client is. So like a, for instance, like Nicole, like you've, you know, you've got an incredible portfolio and your work is so vibrant. It's so imaginative. It's just, and you're really engaging on social media, which is one of the reasons why you're one of my favorite follows is, <clears throat> and I would love to just know more some of the inside baseball on like why, you know, why is it so important for a client to be able to benefit from your work and who are the people that are really benefiting from that? And I just think through that and having an avenue, whatever one of your channels is that helps get that word out the best, whether it be your, you know, whether it be your own Facebook feed or whether it be uh, any newsletters or any other blogging that you're doing and being able to share that, like that to me is just pure gold. Cause I'm, you know, I don't know what, you know, why I would want to have incredibly imaginative photos, you know, in my business um, if I was a larger company, but then being able to create that use case or be able to create that case, like that stops me on my tracks. And I'm like, huh, like this is giving me something completely different to think about. And that in itself, like the educational piece of that and also just create like walking them through the whys of it. That is, I see that as so much more beneficial than the, hey, look at me posts. Not you specifically, Nicole, but just the, you know, why, you know, the thing that we all struggle with on Instagram where it's like, hey, I took some great photos and I'm going to post them up and hashtag the crap out of them and then hope that somebody that I'm not, you know, isn't currently employing me will do that. <clears throat> so I, 
there that keeps people one engaged and also creates the whys of it and creates a little bit more of like a connection point to why I would want to hire somebody. That was really great, Derek. And um, I know Matt has mentioned StoryBrand before. It's been something I've been intending to look into. And so um, that this is a good catalyst for me to go pay attention to that. So I appreciate that. And also, I'm really, really glad. <laughs> I'm really, really glad that you um, enjoy hanging out. That makes me really happy. Um, but that's, yeah, that's, that's absolutely something to think about um, in moving forward and, and into some of the practical aspects of when we're engaging how we're doing it and what the intention is behind it. So um, well, well said, and, and I'm definitely taking those points to heart. So as we're nearing the end, I really would love to hear from you, Matt. And um, I know that we, obviously this is a really big conversation y'all and we're not gonna get to all the points of it today. This is gonna continue on for a few more days this week. Um, so we can get to those practical aspects that you were talking about, Matt. You know, How do you build the framework for this? Um, and, and be able to actually use it. So, but I'd love to hear from you Ev, uh, as we end today's conversation and prepare for getting into some more details tomorrow. Yeah, and you know, I wanted to, to thank Derek as well for bringing up StoryBrand. I think it, that ties into the larger conversation of social media, which is being clear, clarifying your message so that your clients know exactly what you do so that there is no question. Um, and going through that story brand framework, going through basically the Joseph Campbell, you know, hero's journey sort of thing condensed for business is an exercise that I believe everybody should go through to clarify their messaging. Now, how does that relate to the rest of everything else? Originally, at the beginning of this conversation, I wanted to talk tactics. I wanted to talk, how many posts are you putting in per day? And, you know, how long is your caption? And how many hashtags? And all the tactical stuff. And I don't think, I think I was, I was getting a little bit ahead of myself there. Because I don't think you can get into those strategies until you have a good foundational philosophical approach to why you're doing it the intention of it all. And again, I'll stress this over and over and over. What works for me will not work for you, will not work for Kat, will not work for Nicole. Like everybody's business in approach and personality and online presence is going to be different. Are there common threads that we can probably share that help with some of that? Absolutely, right? That's why there are gurus. That's why there are courses on this stuff. However, we need to internalize that unless we have a clear intention of why we're doing it, unless we have a clear message that we're trying to convey, even if that is just, hey, look at my pretty image, unless we have those things in place, what we do is not going to matter. So I would love to see this conversation start to get into you know, almost case studies. Hey, here's what I did and here's what happened from it. Failures, successes, all of that sort of stuff is in, insanely intriguing to me. So I think, you know, now that we've built this foundation of why and knowing about algorithms and knowing about different platforms, 
now, where do we take this and say, okay, um, if I've got a large following, here's what happens. If I'm struggling to get 100 followers, maybe here are some of the things that we can do. And I don't want to say that I'm a guru on any of this, but I'd love to pull from the collective hive mind here and understand what some people are doing and then find those common threads. So that's it, Nicole. I think this has been an amazing first step in all of this. I am so glad to hear that. And I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, anytime we take on this kind of task where we need to build something, it's really important for us to set ourselves up and understand why we're doing a thing first. And, and you know, going back to recognizing who we are and what kinds of things we're the most drawn to that are going to be the least painful. And by that, I mean, you know, here... Being with y'all in the morning on Clubhouse is so easy, right? I love you guys. Everybody who comes and hangs out here in the morning is a brilliant mind and so, so many kind people who really are here to try to put some good back into the world and help other people. So engaging this way, making this a normal part of my day is almost effortless. I don't have to talk myself into it or go, God. Now it's time to go hang out with those jerks on Clubhouse, right? I love being here with you guys. And so this has become um, a really painless way to engage with, with people that I really like. And it's easy for me to frame it that way in my mind. And for each of us, I think we're going to have some strengths that lend us to work better with certain platforms, right? There are some folks who... They just really love making video content. Of course, they're, they're happy to engage and, and they love the YouTube community. But even if nobody was engaging, the act of making the video content is still something that they enjoy doing. They love the process as well. And so having that affinity for that, the way that the platform works, seems like it makes it easier for folks to be able to stick that out over that long term that it takes to grow to where they're trying to get to. Um, and, you know, you may find that Facebook comes easy to you and Twitter is just the pits, the seventh pit of hell. Um, or maybe Twitter is like, you can rock star on Twitter, but trying to force yourself to get on Instagram is like pulling teeth. And I think it's important for us to know those things about ourselves because we engage differently there. Like Ari was saying, the algorithms are different there. Um, and some things may just end up being a natural, better fit. And so I think, you know, that's why today's conversation was so important. It's good for us to, to understand our intentions, to understand ourselves and know, you know, where we might be a good fit. I don't think it's a bad idea to give everything a try until you go, okay, this is not for me. Because if somebody was going to try to force me to become the Twitter guru, I would pull all my hair out and disappear from the face of the earth. Um, I just and I just don't love the platform. I don't love the way the interactions work and the threads are confusing for me and just the way that it all works. I just don't love it. Um, but something like this, obviously, like I was saying before, is a whole different story. So when we're approaching, you know, the rest of the conversation and getting into those details that you were talking about, Matt, you know, these case studies, and then of course, ending the week with um, these practical applications, how can we build the frameworks that we're going to use to be able to approach social media um, in a way that serves us? 
keeping in mind who we are and what works for us and our intentions. What do we want this to be? Um, is this a brand thing? Is this mostly a sales thing? Am I trying to build a community, which is what we have here and is amazing, um, and what we're slowly starting to build in uh, you know Facebook land? Um, that may be the answer for me, right? The answer for me may be if I can build community, that's where I'm happiest getting to know people and being involved in their lives and all those kinds of things. Um, that may be the answer for me. So that's something we have to look at and get settled in our mind as we move through the rest of the week, look at these case studies, look at the practical applications, figure out you know where we're going to go and how we're going to make it work. So huge thanks to everybody that participated today, all of your insights. Um, I'm very sad that Becca didn't get to speak today. I don't know if that's because we crowded you out, Beck, or if you just didn't really have much to say today, but I feel very bad now. Well, I'm I'm happy just to listen. It was going on nicely, but um, yeah, I'll be here all week, kids. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. I want to make sure that we get to hear from you tomorrow. Um, oh, Jean, looks like Jean has got a final thought. So we'll hear from you real quick no, and, I- and then we'll get ready to say goodbye. I just wanted to, to say that, you know, I, I took a second or two to kind of check out everyone's social media since we were talking so much about it. And I, I love following all of you guys. And so I'm always interested in what you guys are doing, how you're doing it. And I just want to thank Kat for side railing that entire exercise by posting all the puppy videos. So I got completely soaked into that and <laughs> forgot what I was there to do. So anyway, <laughs> point made. Right on. All right, y'all. So be thinking about that today. If you're in the Facebook group, the link is up on the top. Um, if you're not, you can scroll up and grab that link and go hang out with us in Facebook land. It is a private group. We want to make sure that it stays um, a safe place for everybody to engage. So we can go and hang out there. We can talk more about social media, what we're doing, what's worked, what's not worked. I'm going to share um, the a couple examples of those graphs that I was talking about and a couple quotes from the book that I think are really germane to beginning this conversation. And we hope that you'll show up again tomorrow morning as we continue to talk about social media and uh, bring with you your thoughts, your examples, and let's see what we can put together. And hopefully by the end of this week, each of us will feel like we're um, a little bit more on solid footing and motivated to move out into social media land and make stuff happen. So have a fantastic day, everybody. I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's 6 for the West Coast, 9 for the East Coast. Afternoon for our friends overseas. And in the meantime, go make something amazing. Have a great day, y'all. Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at the Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.